Crime Happens contains coarse language, adult themes, and content of a violent and disturbing nature. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, welcome to Crime Happens, where we uncover the evil that surrounds us. I'm your host, Chris. Okay, let's just jump right into the deep end. Here's a review by a customer on an illicit massage review board for an illicit massage business. Yes, these illicit review boards do exist and they look just like Yelp. I've been here a couple of times and had a few different girls. This time was Anna. I liked her a lot and was happy to have her. The place is clean and the tables are high quality, so I like it. Anna took me back to the rooms and let me get naked by myself and ready for her. She came and started working on me. She gives a good massage, but she doesn't like touching that much. She seemed to shy away from my hands a lot. No problem. On the flip, I made sure she knew I wanted to leave happy and she didn't seem to mind. Anna is a trooper and got to work on my prick immediately. I was really, really happy with her work, though I would like more next time. I am hoping if I go back a few times, I could get some mouth action. I'll keep trying. Whoa, now that is disgusting. Can you just imagine some creepy pervert hunched over his laptop? Maybe he's wearing those sleazy nylon track pants. Or maybe he's naked. So gross. Anyway. Here are some random but very real Yelp reviews on spas in my area. In some cases, both the negative and positive reviews are from the same spa. Here are some positive reviews. Review 1. $20 foot massages. Bo is the best one. He may be the owner too, not sure. Either way, the value is incredible. Some of the girls like to cut corners, but even then, hey, it was only 20 bucks. Review 2. Well done. Professional massage. Good value and they spoke English. Clean and well maintained. Review 3. I had a 90 minute massage for $60 which is the best deal you can get anywhere. Amy is one of the best out there. Her hands are incredibly soothing and her technique is too. The combination will relieve any tension you're feeling and put your body in a state of relaxation. Review 4. I just had an amazing deep tissue massage. It was exactly what I needed. Was a little hesitant when I first saw the place, but gave it a try and it was one of the better massages I've had. And I've tried out many places all over the world. Here are some negative reviews. Review 1. So, I came here because my grandma got a Groupon and treated me to a massage. When we got here, we discovered that the Groupon was actually more than the in-store prices. Well, that didn't make any sense at all. So, needless to say, my grandma learned her lesson with buying on Groupon. Review 2. Very unclean. No soap or toilet paper in bathroom. Hole in mattress for face. Not a massage table. Used heavy oil, not lotion. 
asked to be paid in advance, then asked for a tip at the end. Couldn't speak enough English to even understand directions by the client. Used elbows a lot and left the room three times during massage to talk with someone else outside the room. Stuffy and stagnant smelling. Review 3. Worst massage ever. They try to short you on time and end up asking for over 30% in tips. Horrible business practice. Review 4. Scrubbing your elbow into someone's back for over an hour is not a massage. I also didn't like being pressured into tipping. Review 5. At the end, the lady at the front desk was so rude to me because I didn't leave a large enough tip for a service that wasn't that great. My massage ladies kept talking the whole time and did not do my massage thoroughly. The customer service by far pissed me off. Review 6. Oh no, the smell was bad. Seating and waiting area was sorely worn. The room I was taken to had approximately 20 toddler-sized beds. No lie, it was dark and dingy looking. There was no privacy. The linen was dingy as well. I totally did not feel comfortable, so I politely exited the establishment. I will not be back. Based on a number of Yelp reviews I read, some places do have these common massage rooms, so you'll be taken to a room with lots of beds, and you'll be sharing the room at the same time with others getting a massage. One review I read, the customer claimed that her masseuse held up a towel for her to change behind in this common room. Privacy is not part of the package or experience, apparently, especially if you are paying a fraction of the cost for a massage in a place that doesn't really want your business. Hmm? What? That's right. So, what is an illicit massage parlor or business? An illicit massage business, or IMB, is a business which on the surface may appear to be a legitimate day spa offering body and or foot massages. The business itself is legal and has the proper state and business licenses, but this is just a cover. In reality, these spas are just a front for their real business, which is commercial sex. I see these massage parlors or day spas everywhere. There are three on the way to my local supermarket, and I actually live in what would be considered a nice area. There are two in one strip mall with one at each end and one across the street in the corner location of another strip mall. These spas are extremely prolific and it's common to find them in strip malls sandwiched in between pawn shops, laundromats, liquor stores, cafes and smoke shops. In fact, it is so common that you actually may not even notice them unless you're looking like I am. These spas have names like Pearl of Orient, Happy Day Spa, Orchids of Asia Day Spa, A New You Spa, and Undue Stress. It's very common to see a poster which fills the front window of a woman lying face down on a massage table with three stones in a line down her back and orchids in the background. You might even see a poster depicting a happy, relaxed man and woman getting a nice couple's massage. But sometimes, these posters just don't jive with their surroundings, especially when the entrance is tucked away 
around the side of a cinder block building with no windows, just like one of the spas on the way to my supermarket. I am so tempted to go stake it out. A variety of services may be offered, a full body massage, a foot massage, a couple's massage, a massage package, and the prices are so low. Or you can even get Groupon deals where the prices are even lower. But you know what they say, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Now, before we dive in, I thought I would share a little story with you explaining one of the reasons why I'm so interested in massage parlors. I've actually been curious about massage parlors ever since I was a teenager. I know, sounds crazy. But when I was in high school, my best friend's mother owned two massage parlors. These are not quite the same as the day spas that we see today, but this was the early 70s and it was a very different world. But what's interesting is the massage parlor business of the 70s did not go away, it just evolved. It was perfectly obvious that these massage parlors catered to men and men only. There was no guise of a day spa or couples massages. There is no way a female customer was going to step into one of these establishments looking for a massage of any kind. One of the massage parlors was called Moon Sauna and the other was called Rose Sauna. They were located in a semi-seedy part of town right outside of an army and air force base. I suspected there may be sex involved, but I was young, maybe a little naive, and had a hard time reconciling the possible sexual activities in these massage parlors with my friend's mom. I do remember my friend's mom always seemed to have a woman staying at her house. I recall at least two, but I stopped paying attention after a while, so there may have been more. They called her emo, which is aunt in Korean. I tried to ask my friend about family connections, but she was never really able to answer my question, and she would just say she didn't know. My friend's mother was Korean, as was mine. Maybe this made me extra curious about what my friend's mom was up to, since it was so different than my own mom. And the women staying in her home were Korean. My friend explained that emo was working for her mom at the saunas. What I did notice was that her mother and Emo were rarely at home. They seemed to be at work 24-7, which was great for us kids as we had the house to ourselves most of the time. Knowing next to nothing about the commercial sex industry, I just thought her mom was being really kind in helping these young women come to the U.S. from South Korea, giving them a place to stay, giving them a job at the sauna, Maybe she was, I honestly can't say. One day, both her saunas were raided for prostitution and it was in the local newspaper. My parents saw the article and began to grill me on what my friend's mother was up to. But I honestly had no idea, not really. My friend's mom was so nice and she would always drive us to the mall, to the beach, or wherever else we wanted to go and made sure we always had pocket money for snacks. She chauffeured us around in her great big beautiful Cadillac. The massage business was obviously doing well. I just couldn't reconcile the kind, funny woman I knew 
with the woman running two brothels. Now, in hindsight, many, many years later, obviously I have a much better idea of what was going on. I can't say there was human trafficking involved, but there was definitely illegal commercial sex. I wish I had found out more about the women my friend's mom brought into her home and her businesses, but I didn't. Anyway, it was this whole experience which has stayed with me over the decades and piqued my interest. Now, every time I see one of these day spas, I just shake my head and think, no way is that a legitimate business. So, finally, I have decided to find out for myself what these massage businesses are all about. My investigation into these spas for this podcast episode led me straight to human trafficking. With that said, let's take a peek behind the curtain and see what the hell is lurking inside these storefront brothels. Yes, storefront brothels, because that's what these places are. So, how do these massage businesses operate so easily, right under our noses? Our very own business laws enable these spas to flourish. Shell companies and money laundering are the secret weapons for these illicit massage businesses. A shell company doesn't have to do or own anything. These types of corporations are not necessarily illegal, but sometimes they are used for illegal purposes in order to hide the business ownership from law enforcement or the public. Polaris, a nonprofit, non-governmental organization that works to combat and prevent modern-day slavery and human trafficking states, quote, shell companies disguise who really owns and therefore benefits from a company. With the help of a shell company, the owner of an IMB can list Massage LLC on business regulation paperwork as the owner instead of John Q. Smith, the owner's real name. This makes it incredibly difficult to track down who the actual criminal actors are." End quote. In addition to hiding their true identities, shell companies also make it easy to stay in operation after they've been raided and closed down. They simply reopen under a new name, same location. According to CBS 13 Sacramento, quote, the reality is we see a business which is happy, sunny day spa. The next day we close it down and it reopens as sunny day happy spa. And that same location becomes flipped over and over again, end quote. Money laundering is another key component for illicit massage businesses. The owners of the IMB are making way too much money to conceal from the IRS without raising their suspicion. So money laundering is required. This is the process of taking the dirty or illegally gotten funds from the massage business and running them through a legitimate business to clean it. IMBs are a cash-only operation, which makes it easy to launder the money. They take their illegal funds from the massage business and use it to invest in equipment or supplies, for example, in a legal business. Once this illegal money is on the books of the legal business, the money is now clean. At this point, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to determine whether the expenses involve legitimate or illicit funds. An IMB 
usually connects to at least one other IMB, as well as non-massage businesses such as nail salons, beauty shops, restaurants, grocery stores, and dry cleaners. The non-massage businesses are primarily used to launder the money earned from the IMB. How does the IMB operate? According to Polaris, quote, there are more than 9,000 illicit massage parlors currently open for business in America and they can be found in every state. Analysis suggests that total annual revenue of illicit massage businesses in the United States hovers around $2.5 billion annually, end quote. California has 35% of the IMBs in the country. This is absolutely no surprise to me, as they literally seem to be on every corner. They are seriously giving Walgreens a run for their money. IMBs are owned and operated by traffickers, human traffickers. Rarely are IMBs mom-and-pop shops. They are typically part of a much bigger criminal operation. Owners of an IMB have no real interest in attracting legitimate customers to their spas, but in order to maintain their appearance of legitimacy, it is something they have to deal with. IMBs use sites like Groupon and Yelp to help them with this. But this also explains why legitimate customers are feeling ripped off when they do get a Groupon. If they actually did get a Groupon for Happy Sunny Day Spa and then try to redeem it, they may find out the business no longer exists. The business location is the same, but it is now called Sunny Happy Day Spa, and they will not honor the Groupon. Also, when a user searches Google for one of these IMBs, for example, Orchid Day Spa, it will be returned in the search results for Groupon or Yelp. They will often contain descriptions that describe the IMB as relaxing and therapeutic. The IMB will usually have a merchant profile on Groupon and Yelp, which contain only minimal information and doesn't contain any actual advertising or offer any coupons. Polaris states, quote, Our analysis of Yelp in Hawaii and Florida found that in around 10 to 15% of cases, IMBs had claimed their accounts and were actually displaying explicit material in their business descriptions describing role play, fully nude, and fully equipped dungeon, or photos ranging from suggestive selfies of women to graphic photos of women's bodies. We also noted explicit reviews from buyers ranging from those hinting at sexual services offered to actually describing the sexual services received." End quote. What the legitimate potential customer does not realize is that these same spas are also being advertised on sites like Backpage.com or Craigslist, which are commonly used to advertise commercial sex, or RubMaps.com, which is basically a Yelp for illicit massage businesses. According to Polaris, even though the content for the ad is not explicit, the logo of the site may have a reference to find your happy ending, and this should definitely raise a red flag. The operating hours for these places vary, but can be open up to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The IMB on-site manager and masseuses are primarily staffed with Asian women, 
Men usually have other responsibilities which will include transportation, marketing, recruiting, and money laundering. Here is a case study by Polaris which describes one example of an illicit massage business owner scenario. At least two businesses that were fronts for commercial sex was uncovered in Dallas. Jeffrey Whitman, 53, who was working as a finance manager at a car dealership, also owned two IMBs, Secure Spa and The Palace, and a shell company called JBJ Services LLC. JBJ Services LLC reportedly operated at the same location of Sakura Spa and used the same phone number. Jeffrey Whitman's wife and co-conspirator, Chin Young Song, is also listed on business records for JBJ Services, LLC. Whitman and Song had married in 2013 and went into business the following month. It was a strategic partnership since Song had accumulated knowledge and expertise from running IMBs in the Philadelphia area in the early 2000s. She had been convicted in 2008 in Philadelphia of federal racketeering charges related to prostitution. Sakura Spa advertised all new, hot, sexy, beautiful international ladies waiting for you on Backpage, saying, hot and very friendly, you won't be disappointed. Based on this scenario, owners can be anyone, even the nerdy finance manager at the local car dealership. Now I'm trying to remember what the finance guy looked like the last time I bought a car. Marketing and advertising for these storefront brothels is very similar to other businesses, except that they use websites like Backpage.com and Craigslist. In addition to these sites, there are IMB online communities or review boards such as Rubmaps.com, USASexGuide.com, MPReviews.com, AAMPMaps.com, and SpaHunters.com, which provide much more detail on these businesses and their services. On Backpage.com, in the massage section, you see ads such as Hot and Beautiful Chinese Massage, Warm Cuddles and Kisses, Brooke and Sophie, we aim to please. In addition to ad pages, there are the review boards. On these review boards, according to Polaris, quote, you will find details on which women provide which sex acts, how much to tip, reviews of their experiences, and ratings of the physical attributes of the women. Other aspects of the sites include advice on ways to, for example, pressure a woman for additional sexual activity than she is initially willing to provide. Rubmaps.com, the most popular of the national review boards, receives more than 325,000 estimated unique visitors per month. It catalogs more than 7,200 open and active illicit massage businesses around the country, allowing paid subscribers to search by city and state." End quote. An IMB is made up of the following employees. There will be a network owner, like the car dealership finance manager, a recruiter, on-site manager, often called Mama-san, and a manager in training, who is someone that is still primarily selling sex, but is starting to help the Mama-san with controlling the victims, and the drivers who help move the women between IMBs. 
There are others too, it can get very complex. Drivers are responsible for transporting victims from one IMB to another every two to six weeks. This tactic is used to ensure the IMBs always have new faces for their customers. It prevents the victim from bonding with other victims and it keeps the victim disoriented. Since she cannot speak English, she will find it almost impossible to figure out where she is. IMBs have a very elaborate recruiting process. They primarily recruit from China and South Korea. These people are predators of the worst kind. They target women who are on average between 35 and 55. They use a mobile social network app called WeChat. WeChat is probably the number one communication app in China. Traffickers will also use ads placed in local Chinese language newspapers. In the Asian culture, it is common to trust and seek advice from their extended networks in their village or community. They're very socially conscious and feel a strong need to help others in their social group. These predators take advantage of this cultural mindset and suck these women into their trap. And according to Polaris, quote, at illicit parlors, owners and managers can claim ignorance of the additional services offered by employees behind closed doors. The evidence gathered during raids and searches often tells a far different tale. The police say it is common to find ledgers tracking the number of dates women have had, as we found in a bust in Dallas in 2016. In one case in Kansas, a search of the premises yielded a notebook with handwritten Chinese-English translations that included sexually explicit phrases such as, did you bring condom? and happy ending, end quote. New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco are the main ports of entry for women trafficked across the country. They may be placed in an IMB to work in these port locations for a while, or they may be transported immediately to another location in the city, state, region, or country. So, who are the creepy customers or Johns? You may have heard about Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. He made two trips to the Orchids of Asia day spa in Jupiter, Florida, and was subsequently charged twice with soliciting a prostitute. According to Vanity Fair, quote, on July 6, 2018, a health inspector named Karen Herzog visited a massage parlor in South Florida for a routine inspection. She noticed that the spa worker, a young Asian woman, was dressed provocatively, spoke little English, and appeared nervous. Herzog also noted suitcases, clothes, a fridge full of food, and condoms, all of which, according to the training she had received, could be signs of human trafficking. She reported her findings to the Martin County Sheriff's Office. Orchids is located in a strip mall and is staffed by Asian women. It was put under surveillance for a week. Vanity Fair stated, almost everyone they saw enter was a man. One day, a group of eight men who arrived in a golf cart made touchdown gestures before entering, their arms flung up to indicate that they were about to score. At that point, I understood this was not just a regular massage parlor, but one that was an illicit massage business, Sharp later testified. Under the guise of a bomb threat, 
law enforcement gained access to the inside of the spa and placed hidden cameras in the ceilings of the massage room. Over the next five days, Sharp and his team watched via a live feed as more than 20 men received manual sex, oral sex, anal play. When the Johns left the spa, an officer would follow them and initiate a traffic stop as a pretext for identifying the men. Among the patrons who turned up on the surveillance video at Orchids was Robert Kraft, the 78-year-old owner of the New England Patriots. Kraft visited the Orchid Spa on the afternoon of January 19th. According to the Jupiter Police, Kraft paid cash to the spa's owner, Lee Wang, who goes by Lulu, and received a handjob from her and another worker, later identified as Shen Ming Bi. After Kraft ejaculated, Ming Bi wiped his penis with a white towel, then she and Lulu helped him get dressed. As Kraft left the spa in the white Bentley, Officer Scott Kimbark stopped the car for a minor traffic violation. Kraft asked the officer if he was a Miami Dolphins fan and showed him his Super Bowl ring, explaining that he was the owner of the Patriots. Kimbark, having accomplished his mission, let Kraft and Burnin go with a warning, end quote. As part of the same sting on Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida, that nabbed Robert Kraft, former Citigroup president John Havens was also charged with soliciting prostitution. John Childs, a billionaire equity firm owner, is another one charged with soliciting prostitution at an illicit massage parlor as part of a human trafficking investigation in the same area. Even though Kraft has since pleaded not guilty, he did issue a public apology for his actions. Kraft subsequently went on to win a major victory when the court ruled that police violated the rights of Kraft and others when they secretly installed video cameras inside massage rooms at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa. Based on this ruling, the court barred the use of the surveillance footage at trial. The prosecution decided not to appeal that ruling. For this reason, the charges against him have since been dropped. These high-profile men put the spotlight on these illicit spas when they were caught in the sting. This sting demonstrates that the clientele can be anyone, including a billionaire. In the multi-jurisdictional sting in Florida, which caught Kraft, Childs, and Havens, a total of 300 men were eventually charged. One demographic study for the guys using rub maps, which is the Yelp for IMBs, and then frequenting these IMBs are as follows, based on research by Polaris. The gender is primarily male. Most common age bracket for buyers is between 45 and 54, with a very large portion of these buyers being 65 and older. Income in all ranges, but highest number of men in the $100,000 plus bracket. Ethnicity is mostly Caucasian, and much higher than all other ethnicities. Surprising amount of browsing from work, but the bulk is done at home. It is common for them to have children. They have a range of education levels with college degrees leading the pack. I can't help but visualize a bunch of old perverted white guys creeping in and out of these IMBs, or sitting in front of their laptop reading the explicit ads 
and or writing some of the disgusting reviews we've just heard about. Polaris also states, for example, in a recent demand sting in Seattle, arrested sex buyers mentioned in the media included two bus drivers, six architects, dozens of technology employees, construction workers, two surgeons, a dentist, a nurse, a journalist, a couple of attorneys, an executive with a sports management company, and an aspiring law enforcement officer. IMB buyers generally reflect the demographics of their communities and therefore come from all walks of life. The research team found that the highest demand was during the lunch hour from 12 to 2 p.m. and that the average IMB in Houston had 12 customers per day. Because this demographic study was focused in Seattle, the technology employees could very well be from Microsoft or Amazon, possibly Boeing. Being a former information technology analyst, it makes me think of some of my own former co-workers creeping around. Yuck. Bremerton's Kitsap Sun reports, quote, On Tuesday, after he paid $60 for a sex act at a Kitsap County massage business, the customer said there weren't any surprises about what would happen. The man had been there before, and he was certain he was at liberty to take the encounter further if he wanted. It started with a massage and ended predictably. I rolled over and it went from there, he said, agreeing to speak with the reporter if his name were not published. Even the customer interviewed by the son said he could see how the woman he patronized could be in danger as she was alone. The massage business happened to be one of seven in Kitsap County, which ranged from Polsbo to Port Orchard, identified as suspect. Polaris states, quote, A subset of the population of IMB sex buyers who spend time on sites like RubMaps style themselves as hobbyists or mongers. They consider themselves connoisseurs of purchasing sex from these venues and tend to be repeat customers at the same IMBs. These mongers are well aware of the pattern of massage parlors being shut down by police, only to open up later under a different name with a new owner. In a recent blog post, one RubMaps user shared the following advice with buyers. Mongo is here to offer some options when this happens to you. These places tend to reopen. They will be under a different name with a different owner, but most will still be offering the same services as before. Wait it out a few weeks, then come on here, see what other people are saying. The board has pretty good chatter from fellow mongers about the latest update in each city. Remember, you are not alone. There are others in the exact same situation as you. If you can't or won't wait, then check out the scene in the nearby cities. You might discover a hidden gem. So, in conclusion, it's okay. No need to panic. Shit is going to happen. But they will never completely close every shop. Where there is demand, there will always be supply. Monger on, brothers. Monger on. End quote. This is enough to gag a maggot, as my dad would say. So, who are the women who work here? These women often speak little or no English, have very little education, 
and are struggling financially to raise their children who they have had to leave behind with family in China or South Korea. These women come from very poor backgrounds and or abusive relationships. Next, I would like to share two stories. Both of these stories are composites put together by Polaris and they are based on dozens of reports by survivors, service providers, and law enforcement officials. These stories help us to understand what these women have experienced. Here's Min's story. Min came to Southern California from the Fujian province in China. She had dropped out of school in the ninth grade, but had worked hard all her life. Her husband had always gambled and now had more debts than they could pay. So she came to visit a friend in the United States and look for work. She found an online ad for women to work as a massage therapist near Los Angeles and was promised $6,000 a month with free housing. She took a bus to the location on the ad and was met by a driver. Min showed the driver the name of the business and the address she had been given. The driver then drove for some time to an apartment where two other women were staying. In the morning, a second driver came to pick everyone up and take them to the massage parlor. On her first day, Min was told that in order to earn the money she had promised her family, she would have to engage in commercial sex. Min had no idea where she was or how to contact the first driver to get back to the bus station. Min stayed and when she was able, told her family everything was fine. Min was deeply ashamed this had happened to her and never wanted them to find out. Whenever she came close to asking a customer for help, her manager would threaten to call the police, who she said would deport her and tell her family how shameful she had been. Every few weeks, Min would be moved to a new apartment and a new business. All she knew was that she was still somewhere in LA. Eventually, she wound up in a business that police were targeting. When they came in to shut it down, they arrested the traffickers, not Min. The police then told Min she was actually in Illinois, nowhere near LA. The police helped connect Min with service providers in Illinois and then California. The service providers helped Min understand her rights and helped her enroll in English classes. Min is in the process of receiving her T visa and is now able to honestly tell her family that everything is fine. Here's Lynn's story. Lynn did not have the easiest life growing up in Central Province in China. Her family was poor and Lynn dropped out of school at 16 to start working. She met her husband several years later. She moved to his village, luckily staying close to her parents and continued to work hard to support her new family. After a year or so of marriage, her husband became physically and verbally abusive. The abuse was so bad that Lynn tried to go to the police, but they told her they did not like to intervene in private matters. Lynn continued to endure her husband for years, but once her son was born, she couldn't stand it anymore. She knew the police would not intervene, so she chose a different route, divorce. It took Lynn some time, but she finally divorced her abusive husband. Lynn wanted to be able to earn enough money to confidently put her son through school. A friend in her village introduced her to a group that arranged for a tourist visa, an airplane ticket, and travel to the airport. In order to afford all this, Lynn borrowed $9,000 from her cousins. Once in New York, 
Lynn found an inexpensive room in a group house where a fellow tenant recommended working in massage businesses. He showed her an advertisement in a local newspaper that promised women $5,000 a month. Lynn was so excited when she connected to the business owners on WeChat and they said they needed workers. She had found a job in less than a week and one that could quickly pay back her loans. When Lynn arrived, she was told that in order to earn that much money, she would need to provide whatever the customer wanted. Lynn wasn't sure what that meant, but was eager to work. When the first customer arrived, he acted just like her former husband. He hit her and yelled at her. Lynn wasn't sure what he wanted until the customer made it clear he wanted sex. Lynn reacted like she had when her husband abused her and she stayed quiet and still until the customer was done. At the end of the day, Lynn was told she could go home. She had not earned any tips, so the owner told her she had not earned any money. Lynn felt this was a shame to the family and felt like she should have known what kind of place this would be. However, she needed to make money and pay back her debt and support her son back in China. Feeling ruined already and unsure of where else to go, she continued at this job. Lynn was told to report to work at different shifts. The business was open 24 hours a day and women were always on site. Lynn was able to keep some of the tips she earned to send back to pay off her loan for the month that she was at the business. She was very worried that her family might find out how she was able to send money back. Recently, Lynn learned from a friend in the business the WeChat ID of a woman at a place called Sanctuary for Families. They have been talking about Lynn's rights in America and how they can help her. Basically, when you are desperate, scared, don't speak the language, and out of your element, it is much easier to be trapped by these evil predators. According to the New York Times, in these storefront brothels, one former employee stated that, quote, in addition to needing backs, she was expected to sexually service up to a dozen men a day. Some of the clients were violent and the boss charged $10 a day for her to sleep on a sofa in a room at the parlor where rats nibbled on her food. The customers were very terrible, she said who, ashamed of the stigma of her former profession, asked that her name not be used. After you perform a service, they would find an excuse to take the money away. They would, she said, do even worse things. In strip malls across the country, neon signs and brightly colored placards promise hot stones, acupuncture, and shihatsu with photos of women or couples receiving relaxing shoulder rubs but a traditionally Asian form of therapeutic relaxation with deep roots in big city Chinatowns has spun off a different kind of massage parlor that has little to do with traditional remedies. It has exploded into a $3 billion a year sex industry that relies on pervasive secrecy, close-knit ownership rings, and tens of thousands of mostly foreign women ensnared in a form of modern indentured servitude. The women are paid just a sliver of the $60 or more the client pays for an hour-long massage. Their real money 
and chance at a better life comes in the form of tips, which they are encouraged or forced to amplify through illegal means. According to Polaris, the women who worked at Sakura, the IMB owned by the car dealership finance manager, had to endure the following horrific, humiliating, and terrifying experience. Sakura was open 24 hours a day, and the women trafficked there were required to line up for each customer so customers could choose one, regardless of the time of day or night. The policy was that if a customer had at least $100, the women would have to provide sex upon request. The traffickers leased space for an ATM to operate inside the business to ensure customers had access to ample cash and could abide by their cash-only policy. The palace operated similarly, and investigators found evidence of women living there, such as a room full of beds, makeup, mirrors, and personal effects. According to the New York Times, quote, the frequently middle-aged women who work in parlors with names like Orchids of Asia and Rainbow Spa are often struggling to pay off high debts to family members, loan sharks, labor traffickers, and lawyers who help them file phony asylum claims. In some cases, their passports are taken and their illegal immigration status keeps them further in the shadows, with some of them rotated every 10 days to two weeks between spas operated by the same owners. Forced to pay for their own supplies and even their own condoms, many women must sleep on the same massage tables where they service customers and cook on hot plates in cramped kitchens or on back steps. Many women arrive in the United States from China bearing heavy debt burdens and try to find work in restaurants or nail salons but the money isn't good enough for the five-figure debts weighing down on them. The massage jobs are presented as an opportunity for fast, easy money. Polaris states, quote, A common misperception about human trafficking in all its forms is that it always, or even frequently, involves kidnapping or physical restraint. That form of extreme control over victims' liberty is rare in most trafficking situations, and illicit massage parlor trafficking is no different. The vast majority of women are trapped in massage parlors by powerful mental and emotional chains built of lies, shame, manipulation, and terror. But physical conditions do play a significant role in strengthening traffickers' hands. Daily life in an IMB is physically grueling. Women are usually forced to live on site or in housing provided by the trafficker, usually in the form of a single apartment or house shared by several victims. If a woman lives on site, she is usually expected to be on call for buyers whenever an IMB is open, which is anywhere between 15 and 24 hours a day. The physical and mental toll this takes slowly breaks them down. Physical violence is not as frequently used by IMBs to control women as in other types of trafficking, but violence against IMB victims from customers plays a role in other forms of coercion and control. Buyers may commit acts of violence including sexual assault, rape, punching, slapping, 
and assault with weapons or fire, meaning lit cigarettes, and insist on not using condoms. Women are under constant pressure to please the buyer, to increase the likelihood of a tip, and decrease the likelihood the buyer may report displeasure to the manager who may punish the women for poor performance. They may also hear stories of violence suffered at other IMBs, such as the story of a woman stabbed to death by a buyer or the rumors of women burned by cigarettes by sadistic buyers. Many women become convinced if they just do what the customer wants, they will not be hurt and they may have a chance at paying off their debt. They understand that displeasing any customer is a risk to their sisters in the IMB as all may be arrested or deported if the buyer reports it. When victims live off-site, they are typically confined to their shared apartment and the IMB and are transported between each location by drivers who are connected to their traffickers. Victims are further broken down by frequent moves between IMBs and to different cities and states. This frequent rotation schedule is strategically advantageous for traffickers. Not only does it serve to provide buyers with fresh faces, it keeps the women disoriented and prevents them from forming bonds with each other. In one case in Texas, victims that testified estimated that 50 to 60 women were rotated through the business over the course of two years. Additionally, traffickers often use closed-circuit television, CCTV cameras, to control women's actions inside IMBs creating the feeling that they are always watched. In some cases, the traffickers threaten to show the videos or photos to the victim's families back in South Korea or China. Other times, managers are watching the cameras from a separate off-site location and call the women periodically to make sure they know they are being watched. The Polaris article depicts an image of a poster that was found taped to the bedroom door of women living on site in an IMB in Washington, D.C. during a raid and it just breaks my heart. The image displays a young, seemingly wealthy Caucasian couple in a beautiful big home in their wonderfully modern spacious kitchen, putting huge football-sized golden eggs into a decorative bowl for display. The poster reads, Today, is the day to believe in fairy tales. To me, this is just so incredibly sad. These women are so vulnerable, as if their lives weren't unhappy enough. I can only imagine how utterly hopeless, horrifying, and terror-filled their lives must be once they realize what their new situation is, and every day after that. The lucky ones who actually get rescued are too few at this point. Hopefully, organizations like Polaris will help to eliminate this unimaginable, evil, and predatory sex industry. Bremerton's Kitsap Sun reports, quote, Farshad Talebi is an assistant state attorney general focusing on sexual and labor exploitation. He gave what he called a conservative estimate of about 250 illicit businesses operating in Washington state. Talebi said the women typically being trafficked in Washington state are from Asian countries, but that doesn't mean all Asian massage providers are being exploited or engaging in illegal activity. 
where exploitation is present, it is often once connected to countries in Asia. That does not mean in any way all massage businesses with Asians are illegitimate." End quote. So, what can we do? One thing we can do is learn how to spot an IMB. This list may help. Prices are significantly below market level. For example, a $40 one-hour massage in a city where $80 is the norm. Sadly, some customers don't care if there's human trafficking going on. They just want their inexpensive foot massage, so they keep going back. Women report that they need a large tip for expenses, food, family, sometimes even expressing distress if they do not receive a tip. Women typically working excessive hours servicing customers or even being on call at all times. Women appear to be living in the business or women living in trafficker-controlled secondary site, such as an apartment or house. I'm not sure how we would know this unless we asked or the information was volunteered. Serves primarily or only male clientele. Locked front door. Customers can only enter if buzzed in or enter through a back or side door that is more discreet. Windows are covered so passers-by cannot see into the establishment. Legitimate businesses are open and transparent. You can see inside and you can see people coming and going. Regular rotation of women. New women coming in every several weeks. Advertising on commercial sex websites like rubmaps.com, backpage.com, or aampmaps.com. Lack of business details such as phone number, license, or website details. Legitimate massage clinics display education certificates and association membership certificates. Signage advertising massage, often Thai massage, or promoting services like sensuous massage, body slides, hot new Asian babes, or lunchtime specials. No actual legitimate massage clinics have these services. Odd business names that sound unprofessional, such as 99 Sweetie, Happy Day Spa, or Massage Angels, tacky flashing LED signs, long hours open late into the night seven days a week. Few legitimate businesses are open this long. Occasionally you will see a creepy looking man sneaking in or out. The website, if they have one, will promote girls only and say things like new girls from Thailand. Services are aimed at men only. Young female only staff promoted online. You never see anyone enter because they have a back entrance or men sneak in when no one is around. Adverts for massage parlors describe the race, age, and appearance of masseuse. Staff struggle to speak English. USA Today reports, quote, Human trafficking experts compared law enforcement spa approach to arresting cornered drug dealers instead of going after cartels. You take the dealer off the street and another dealer pops up, said Carmen Pino, who participated in massage parlor investigations in Miami. 
We can shut them down today. They're just going to move somewhere else because you're still not getting the big organizers. Polaris and others provide a number of suggestions, which include unmasking shell companies to reveal actual business owner names and shifting the media narrative to increase public understanding. This also means getting the public to stop making happy ending jokes, which minimizes the serious nature of the crimes being perpetrated against these women. And end online practices that legitimize illicit massage businesses. This is in reference to Yelp and Groupon. These sites should ban businesses who advertise on commercial sex websites from setting up profiles. There should also be greater oversight of reviews and business profiles with descriptions, photos, or reviews alluding to happy endings or any other exploitive service. The link to the Polaris research article is in the show notes. This is a 98-page document packed with information. Please reference this document for further details on IMBs and a comprehensive guide to what we can do to stop human trafficking in IMBs. That will do it for today. And the next time you go for a massage, or even a mani-pedi in a nail salon, I hope you will think of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on Crime Happens. 